0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Once again, we're going to head out to the SDCCU uh, fan hotline. And if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you shortly. But we want to catch up with uh, a friend by the name of A.J. Cassaville. He does some incredible work for MLB.com, covering our San Diego Padres. AJ, a welcome to the program this morning. And one of the topics we've had is whether or not we thought uh, San Diego could house an NBA franchise. And then I threw out, uh, I think San Diego could house an MLS franchise. And you're a big soccer guy. What's your opinion?
1: I think San Diego could house either or. Uh, I think the, the fan base is, is deep enough and uh, the sports market is, is, Craving that enough that yes the answer is yes especially I mean the MLS to me is a no-brainer uh, I think there's a good there's a, there's a pretty good soccer culture already here um, but I think either either or would work.
0: All right, uh, you broke the story uh, bright and early this morning that the Padres are going to call up uh, their former number one uh, draft from a few years ago, right-hander Cal Quantrill, to pitch that ball game tomorrow night at SunTrust uh, Ballpark. Uh, tell us a little bit why this decision was made and how Quantrill's been doing. Yeah, his stat line's
1: a little deceiving. I think if you look at if you look at his numbers, he's got kind of a high four ERA. Um, he's been a lot better since his. First starting, which was start, which was a rough one. Uh, you go back to the end of spring training; he was lit up in that last game of the Cactus League, when he huh. kind of had a chance to make the opening day rotation. And then he was lit up again in his first start for El Paso. Since then, he's allowed, I think, two runs, two runs, one run, and two runs, and they're all like five or six inning starts. So he's been really good in a in a big time hitters environment. So he's been really good since then. So I, I wouldn't read too much into the stat line. He's been much better than that indicates. Uh, the reasoning behind the move makes a lot of sense. It's kind of what they've been doing all season with, with Matt Strom and Chris Paddock. They've been trying to monitor their workload and they've been doing so essentially by, by saying, Hey, like we, we need you healthy later in the year. So we're going to give you five days rest between starts at the beginning of the year. If that means calling up a guy or going with the bullpen day, that's what we're going to do. It just so happens that uh, it's Cal Quantrill who gets the, who gets called up this time to kind of slot in there and push everyone back by a start.
0: You know, we were talking earlier on the program. I know people don't like it here, and I'm sure if Randy Jones is is driving right now, hopefully he's uh, buckled up and drives safely. But, you know, in the day when you used to go with four-man rotations, now you're at five-man rotations. This would uh – pretty much making a six-man rotation at least for this round and you know depending on off days and I know the Padres have to play a lot of games in succession after having two off days last week uh the day of the six-man rotation is coming because that's the way they do it in Japan
1: yeah I'm curious to see what happens when when we go to uh 26-man rosters at if that if that extra spot essentially goes to a to a starting piece I don't think it's this, this case is not so clearly a six-man rotation. What this case is, is you have one starter in there who's, who's pitched in the bullpen for the last season and a half and, and who's coming off knee surgery. And you have another starter in there who's 23 and had Tommy John surgery a couple years ago and only pitched 90 innings. You have to limit their innings somehow. Uh, this is how the Padres are choosing to do it. Um, it's a six-man rotation. I honestly don't know. if it, it could be the same thing we saw with Pedro Avila. He could come up, make one start, and then get sent back down. Uh, maybe if he impresses, he could stick around for another turn through because, because the Padres have so many games in a row here. That remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, I think, I think ultimately a six-man rotation might be coming, but teams are also best served to pitch their best pitchers often. And that could mean kind of tilting back and forth between five and six based on the off days you get. Because remember, there are more off days now than there were a couple seasons ago because they started the season earlier. So that, that does provide some cover for giving these starters a little bit of extra
0: room. Well, if you look at all these starters, uh, you know, either uh Lucchese, Lauer, Paddock, Strom, to me it seems like all of those guys are probably going to be on some kind of innings limit.
1: It's the youngest rotation in baseball, and that's what happens when you when you have guys who move so quickly through the minor leagues Usually organizations spend their time in the minor leagues building guys up, and it, 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 it's not just about development. Development's extremely important, but on the pitching side of things, it's about building them up and getting them ready for the grind of a major league season. And, and to be frank, like none of these guys were when they got to the major leagues. None of these guys were ready for the grind of a major league season because they hadn't pitched in the minor leagues for long enough. And so the Padres are kind of facing that conundrum right now. I think with Lauer and Lucchese, it's a little different. They're 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 going to they're gonna be watched. But they kind of they can they can pitch as many innings as they can pitch. I don't think there's going to be much uh there's no maneuvering to make sure they they miss a start or two whereas with with paddock and Strom, I think there clearly is and perhaps with Margavichis.
0: Margavichis, to me, I love watching this guy pitch and I know yeah. he's been a little bit up and down with his control and and, and spotting his fastball here and there but man th- this guy's been a breath of fresh air he's been pretty impressive overall.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't even say he's that far off with his control. I mean, I know he has a lot of walks, but the walks, even the walks seem to come in spots where they, where they don't kill you, you know? So I, I would never condone walking guys, and I know he hates the, the high walk total, but <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't give hitters anything to hit, anything they can handle. Even the mistakes that he makes, I, I wouldn't even call them mistakes. The pitch that Albies hit out last night was probably three or four inches below the strike zone, so he's – uh. He's fun to watch because he works quickly and he does it in a different way than what we're used to seeing, but he gets it done and he does it by by kind of being pretty guileful and having a four-pitch mix that he can keep hitters off balance with and using that mix in the right spots. He hits every corner, it seems. And, and again, the walks, he had five walks in his his last start against Seattle. That's too many. He'll admit that. But the walks last night, they could have come back to bite him in the sixth inning, but – when you're facing some really good hitters and your stuff is what it is for Nick Margavich's and they're laying off some tough pitches right on the borderline, uh, it's it's probably not the end of the world if you're going to do that versus grooving a meatball that a guy hits <laughs> 450 feet.
0: We're visiting with A.J. Casavell from Atlanta on our SDCCU uh, fan hotline. All right, uh, give us uh, what you know right now uh on uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., I'm sure Andy will meet with you and the uh, other scribes uh, coming up later today to uh, give everyone an update. But what do you know right now? Because it seems like he's probably day to day right now. I think that's
1: that's the most accurate thing to say right now. It, it's it's hard to tell because they still haven't made any roster moves, and I don't expect one. But there that that could change. Um, that said, I, I think Fernando Tatis is pretty sore he's the kind of player I think there's certain guys where uh when they get hurt you, you just say oh we'll send him on the 10-day DL right away but with a guy like Fernando Tatis who can really impact or change a game if if, you, if he's gonna miss five days and he has to take out a roster spot for five days well it's worth having him for the next five days that being said they're gonna handle him with all the care they need to he's 20 year old top prospect they're not gonna rush him back into the lineup but uh, if this is going to take an extra day or two for them to figure out just the extent of the severity, they they might they might not make that roster move right away. Um, I think we will learn more later today. But if I had to guess. I say he's out maybe another another couple days, and then he's back in the
0: lineup. AJ, how long the Padres are going to stay with Ian Kinsler? He's hitting 134, really scuffling at the play. He's still playing, you know, real good defense. I know they've got him on a two-year, eight million dollar deal, but man, he's given them zero offensively.
1: Yeah, the Padres just haven't gotten enough production at second base this year, and and they they've got to figure something out. And I know everyone's clamoring for Ty France at second, but that's a that's a big time ask of a guy who's who's Never played second until two weeks ago in his entire baseball life. So um, when, when do they give up on Ian Kinsler? I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but what I do think is they, they, they have to start limiting his opportunities because uh, that, that hole in the, in the lineup is, is really hurting them offensively. And uh, I, I think one of the solutions right now, if Tatis is going to be out for a day or two, would, would be Machado at short, France at third, and then maybe Greg Garcia at second against right-handed pitching um Garcia for his defensive struggles yesterday has been putting together some pretty nice at bats and I think that's a reasonable solution and I, I don't think Ian Kinsler is going to be the regular second baseman for mu- for much longer I don't even know if he is now I think they might they might already be limiting his at bats and trying to find the right spot to use him rather than just throwing him out there every day so I think that If I had to guess, it changes relatively soon, because the Padres just aren't getting enough production at second base. I think their batting average there is the worst in the major leagues, and Uh, They're on base and slugging her toward
0: the bottom, too. I'll be the first to admit, I was surprised last night at the defensive set. I thought uh, France would get a start at third base last night, slide Manny over to short and give Greg Garcia the opportunity to play second base. And and last night, you know, Greg had his problem. I don't know what happened. Did he say what happened on that throw from Hosmer? Because, I mean, he just didn't see it, or I don't know what happened. Yeah, to his credit, he, he took full
1: responsibility afterward, he said that play can't happen in the big leagues. Essentially what happened was he uh, Hosmer charges a bunch quicker than Garcia was ready for what expected. And he, he expected the play to be at first base. So that's where he was, that's where his attention had already shifted and he was kind of trying to orchestrate the diamond based on that. And all of a sudden the throw sails past him. So he was, he was pretty bummed about it after the game, said he would lose some sleep over it. It was not a good baseball play. Um, honestly, I was pretty impressed with the way Mark Gavich bounced back against the tricky part of the Braves lineup after a play like that, because it was, it was ugly, but um, I, I think a lot of people were surprised about, back to your point about the lineup. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised about that, and uh, I would I would be surprised if that weren't the case today. Um, I think the Padres may have liked a matchup yesterday or, or perhaps a, the, the idea of having France off the bench yesterday in a pinch hit spot, but I, I would be surprised if it's not Machado at short. It, assuming Tatis isn't back right now, which I don't think he will be, um, Machado at short, France at third and Greg Garcia second.
0: AJ Castleville, our guest. Uh, I'm going to let you get out of here on this one. Uh, You know, I was reading the uh – uh, numbers on Luis Urias now that he's gone down to a triple A. And I didn't look at the box score, uh, this morning at 3.30 when I got up, but, uh, you know, he hit five home, two games over the weekend. He's got six homers since he's been set down. Uh, you know, those numbers are one thing. Doing it at the big league level is another. And he looked completely overmatched for me. Uh, two for 24, but 11 strikeouts was Fouling pitches off, he ought to be putting in play up the middle. Probably he was late on the fastball. What are the Padres saying about him? You're not going to give up on a 21 year old kid, but when do you think we may see him back? Uh, could it be a week? Could it be two days? Could it be a month?
1: They keep saying they're looking at things other than the numbers, and so to me that indicates that that the fact that he's he's raking like he is at AAA doesn't doesn't mean all that much. Of course, it means something. You want guys to get results. Uh, but he's put up results in the past at AAA and then he's come up to the big leagues and struggled. And so uh, they, they say they're looking at timing. I think there's something specific in his swing that they want him to work out. They don't want to broadcast what that is because they don't want other teams to know it. But I, the, the way things look right now, look the last time Luis Arias was up, it was clear he needed to fix something to be successful in the big leagues. And so, so I'll say this, a, a lot of people are clamoring for him to arrive as soon as possible and, um, it's risky. It's risky if you call Luis Urias up again so quickly, and he struggles again in the same manner he did at the start of the season. Now all of a sudden, I, I don't want to go too deeply into a guy's bruised confidence, but if you're shuttling him back and forth and back and forth, that's that, that's not good on a 21-year-old on a 21-year-old development. So I think the Padres really need to get this one right. They really need to call up Arias when he's ready, whenever that may be. That's up to the, the uh, that's up to the talent evaluators. Uh, that's up to the front office. Um, he's looked really good recently. Uh, maybe he's got that timing down uh, within the last week. But uh, I think they still have all the confidence in the world in him. It's it's, it's hard to live up to the standards set by Fernando Tatis. It's, hmm. it's, it's easy to forget that, that baseball is a really hard game, and for a 21-year-old it's really, really, really difficult to make that transition.
0: AJ, great stuff as always, and uh, thanks for uh, uh, dialing us in on that Cal Quantrill story bright and early this morning. Yeah, anytime, Coach. Thanks for having me. You well. Safe travels, my friend. There you go. AJ Casavell, MLB.com, joining us on the SDCCU uh, fan hotline. You can nominate SDCCU Best Credit Union in the Union Tribune Reader's Poll daily at SDCCU.com slash nominate San Diego County Credit Union. It's not big bank banking. It's uh, better.